Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Builders. Pastors Philip and Michelle Still are dedicated to building your faith and framing your world by the Word of God. There are many more resources available on our website, www.buildfaith.net, where you can find links to our audio and video archives. We also invite you to join us online for our live stream services. Remember to build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God. Isaiah 53, we've been talking in my last few um, weekends up here Uh, We've been talking about establishing heart. We started here in Isaiah 53, verse 1. We've asked the question, who has believed our report? And then we have a subsequent question, and to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? And we found out that they're connected to the one who believes the report of the Lord. To that person is the arm of the Lord revealed. And God's ability to move in our life is that that flow of his power is conducted by the channel of faith, by the wiring of faith. Just like this room is wired for electricity, you are wired with faith. And that wiring of faith is to transport the power of God into your situation, the power of the blessing, the power of increase, the power of healing. And we see the woman with the issue of blood. She, with her faith, made a conduit for the power of God to flow from Jesus into her body. And she did that. He said it was with faith. And so we look at the importance of faith. And I just want to... um, I just want to take a moment to review some of this that we've talked about with establishing our heart on the the word so that this faith can flow uh, effectively. We we don't want there to be um, shorts in our wires, right? You don't want there you don't want something to be shorting out and some it goes on and off, right? And you're wiggling the wires and you're like you got to wiggle the wire, shake that thing so it will whatever is coming loose will reconnect. So, we know that faith is this uh, conduit or this wiring that conducts the power of God into our situation. And we looked at Matthew chapter 9, and the lepers came to Jesus there in the house in Matthew chapter 9, and Jesus asked them an interesting question. He said, do you believe that I'm able to do this? Can we just put our eyes on it? We won't stay there long because I just want to use it to help bring to our remembrance some of the things that he's already spoken to us in our previous discussions about being established. In Matthew 9 and verse 27, the two blind men came, I said lepers, but the two blind men came and they said, son of David, have mercy on us. And when he was coming to the house, the blind men came to him, verse 28, and said to him, the blind men came to him, Jesus said unto them, do you believe that I'm able to do this? And Jesus said, Uh, according to your faith. They said, yes, Lord. Then he touched their eyes saying, according to your faith. Now we've asked ourselves that question. Are we ready for Jesus to give us that kind of an answer? 
If we're asking him to do something, are we ready for him to reply, do you believe that I can do this? Do you believe that I can do this? Because it's according to your faith, not according to my power, not according to my ability to heal you, not according to my ability to to restore your sight, but it's according to what you believe. Do you believe that I'm able to do this. Now, if we're coming, and I don't want anybody to raise your hands or acknowledge out loud, I want you to introspectively investigate your heart, and there are things that you're standing for, things that you're believing for, things that you want God to do for you, things you need God to do for you, and so you're, you're putting it off on, I'm believing God for that. I, I'm believing God. God, I, I want God to do that. God, will you do that? And are you ready for, to answer that question, do you believe I can do this? Do you believe I will do this? Because it's according to your faith. Uh, he's, he is able to do exceeding abundantly above all we ask or think according to. According to the power that works in us. So he's able, but do we believe? And so that's what we need to investigate. And so that's why we're looking at the condition of our heart. Is our heart established? Have we deposited the necessary deposit of the word to provide the faith that we need for that thing we're believing for? And when you're believing for something serious, when a person receives a physical attack on their body or maybe they've gotten a bad report, they need to up their game. They need to investigate, wait, is there anything that's demanding my faith? Anything else that's pulling my faith here and pulling my faith there? You know, Brother Hagin, he talked about how when they were in the beginning of their pastorate, they had moved into a church, they believe in God, and his wife says, you know, he's got this, all this out on the ministry, all of this that he's believing for, and she says, we need new curtains in the parsonage. He said, you can't hang any more things on my faith. If you put those curtains on my faith, everything's going to fall. In other words, believe for your own curtains. I'm not believing for your curtains. He understood I have a measure of faith, and I have stretched my measure of faith. I'm doing my best to feed my faith. I'm doing my best to uh, increase my faith. The Bible says you can have uh, exceedingly growing faith, right? You can, your, your faith words will nourish you. You can, you can feed those, those uh, areas that you're believing for. But you've got to recognize that every day is a faith day. Every day, things are drawing out of your faith account. Things are placing a debit, a demand on your faith account. And so when you're believing for something big in your life, if you're believing for something that's financially, you know, you say we need to put back for Uh, you know, to replace our car. We need to put back to get new tires on the car. We need to save up money so that we can, you know, get uh, whatever, vacation, uh, home improvement, something like that. Well, you've got a plan for that, right? And what you're doing is you're taking money out of your normal budget and you're setting it back for that project, for that need, right? 
Well, when you're, you've got to look at faith and you've got to recognize, I can't just place my faith out there on everything and expect for there to be significant change in those major areas. So I've got to recognize that my faith spins like currency. If I'm, if I'm releasing my faith, then I've got to be placing deposits back in because I can't make constant debits out of my financial account without making some deposits into my financial account. And so when I'm believing for something large, when I'm exercising my faith for something significant, maybe a health situation or a financial situation, then I've got to increase my deposits and decrease my debits. I've got to set myself on a faith budget and say, wait a minute, I'm not, I'm not stretching. There's some other things I'm pulling back on because I need to give my attention to this right here. I need to give my focus to this right here. Hallelujah. So when we're looking at the condition of our heart, we're looking for fullness because it's out of the abundance of the heart that the mouth speaks. So we don't want to just assume that because we know all these scriptures that they are abundantly stored in our heart. Because for them to be stored in my heart, they need to be going in my eyes and in my ears. That's what Proverbs 4 says. Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 20 says, attend to my words. This is the only way it's going to get in the heart. Attend to my words. Without the words, there's no faith in the heart. If you say I'm believing for something, then you, you need to be able to, to show us the deposit you made. What scripture are you standing on? What verse is it that's feeding your faith for that area you're believing for? Because the word is how the heart gets full. You've got to put the word in for, the, for it to be in abundance in the heart. Attend to my words. You can't bypass this. There's no, there's no way around this. There's no drive-through. There's no microwave that can bypass this right here. Attend to my words. No laying on of hands is going to do this for you. What comes from you attending to the word is something that only comes by attending to the word. Nobody else's prayers can make it happen. No anointing oil can make it happen for you. We all must attend to the word. It begins by saying, incline your ear because faith comes by hearing. It needs to be deposited and hearing is one of the ways because the words are voice activated. They are, we put life in the words as we speak them. Incline your ear to them and then it says, keep them in front of your eyes. Verse 21, let them not depart from your eyes. I didn't say put them. Put them in front of your eyes. It says, put them there and keep them there. Don't let them depart. Don't let them depart. Have you ever looked at something and maybe it was on a, a bright screen or maybe the, it was really bright and the white page had such a contrast to those black letters that when you closed your eyes, you could still see like the image of it? When you look at it, it gets imprinted in you. It gets imprinted. So let them not depart from your eyes. And then it says, keep them. So in the midst of your heart. So how did I get them in the midst of my heart? I attended to the word. They, I let the word go into my ears. I let the word go into my eyes. 
Finnis Dake used to call it the ear gate and the eye gate. I didn't just read it mentally. I read it with my lips. I read it with my tongue. I gave life to those words so that I could store them in my heart. Because reading it mentally hasn't yet deposited it in the heart. When I read it out loud, now I'm hearing it. And now it's going in. So I've got it in my eyes. I've got it in my ears. It's going in my heart. I've got it in my eyes. I've got it in my ears. It's coming out of my own mouth because I didn't have anybody preaching on it right at that time. I needed to preach to myself. So those words, I was storing them in my heart. And then one day, about 30 days into me, every day making these declarations, one day I pulled out the same verses I had been using all those days for that whole time. I pulled it out. I opened up the book. I I began to speak that scripture out. And I recognized there was a power in my words that wasn't there 28 days ago. Faith had come. And faith was now in my words. And when my words came out of my mouth, I knew everything is changing. Because those words went out and now those words are moving mountains. Because Jesus said for Mark 11 to work, you have to believe in your heart and say to that situation and believe the things you say come to pass. Well, 28 days before, I didn't believe the things I said. But in that 28 days of me attending to the word, faith came and now that faith in my heart got in my mouth and those words are now faith-filled words. And those faith-filled words have the power to move the situation. So do you see the process is not, is not um, something that we can skip a step. We can't just begin to say. Why? Because the saying requires that there be faith in my words. So I need, to, I need to first say it until my heart is stocked. And then when my heart is stocked, it will load my mouth. And then when my mouth is loaded, I can speak to the situation. And the, and the situation will be affected by my words. So what we're understanding then is, do you believe? And so we want to examine ourselves and see, are we in faith about this? Do I believe? I, I, I am grateful for what the Holy Spirit spoke to Keith Moore. He gave Keith Moore a, 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 a it sounds like a poem, but it's a, a truth concept, and he put it in a way that it stays with us. Faith rejoices, gives thanks, and is glad. Those are symptoms of faith. Rejoices, gives thanks, and is glad. Doubt, despairs, complains, and is sad. Those are symptoms. So if you're saying, I don't know what's going to happen, I'm just, I gloom, despair, and agony on me. Not in faith, right? If I'm in faith, I'm glad about it. If I'm in faith, I'm rejoicing. I'm not sad. I'm not complaining. I'm thankful. Thank you, Lord. Why? Because I believe I've received. So we've got to look, am I in faith? Or can you believe me for that? The Lord said to Charles Capps, don't pray about anything you can't believe me for. And Charles Capps said, then what am I going to pray about? (laughs) My prayer time is going to be short, Lord. Why? Because he had not been praying in faith. He'd been praying 
out of what he religiously had been taught. He'd been praying, Lord, bless all the missionaries in China. Lord, you know, generalized prayers that had no significant impact. And the Lord said, go to the verses, find the verses that are applicable to what you're trying to believe me for. Find the verses that apply to what you're trying to believe me for. Write them down, take them, and put them in a way that you can speak it to yourself and speak them, fill your heart with them, meditate on them. And when you have faith about it, then come pray to me. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. When you have faith about it, take those scriptures, feed on them, speak them out loud to yourself, meditate on them. And when you have faith, do you believe that I'm able to do this. So we, we don't want to just jump out there because we're faith builders and we've been taught all these concepts and say, well, I'm going to believe for such and such and just start randomly quoting verses and uh, I believe, I believe, and, and, and God's not a man that he can lie and da, 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 and not have a fullness of heart. Let's, let's back up. Let's say, wait a minute, where am I about that? Let me find scriptures. Where, what scripture am I standing on about that? What, what gives me the right to believe for that? Where has God promised me that? Because it, it's, it's, it's something that when people begin to hear faith concepts, sometimes they'll just reach out and grab the, the concepts off the top and not get any root system in their spirit, and they'll get kooky with it. And they'll start believing for somebody else's husband to be their husband or somebody else's wife to be their wife. And they want to use faith and say, I'm going to, I'm going to step out in faith. I'm believing God. I'm going to step out in faith and I'm going to quit my job and I'm going to live by faith. You'd be surprised. It surprised me in the years that we've been teaching these concepts of faith and these truths about faith, how many people want to grab that. And it's their flesh. It's their flesh that says, well, I'm just going to live by faith. I'm going to quit my job and live by faith. Listen, if you can't live by faith with your job, you don't want to stop the work and the income coming in and call it faith. Because God will bless the work of your hands. He didn't tell people to live by faith and quit their jobs. He said, work your job. Work your job and let me bless the work of your hands. So people get these ideas and they want to take these applications of faith principles and use them without a word base. So that's why we want to investigate the things that we say we're believing for and we want to be cognizant and responsible to say, let me put the word concerning that into my heart and let me build the strength to believe for that. I remember I was talking with Carrie Molson one time. This has been a number of years ago, and there was something significant. And, and what the Lord, there, it was a financial thing, and I was agreeing with her, and I said it was not too long after we had come out of debt, and that last debt that we believed for was, was that $23,000. And I, I, the Lord brought up to me, you've got faith for $23,000. And her need was near that. And I said, you know what? I've believed for that amount before. I'm going to agree with you in faith. Hallelujah. Well, you know, I I haven't yet believed yet. I have not yet believed for $500,000, but I'm working my way to it. 
because there's things for the kingdom that's going to require me to need to believe. And we're believing for buildings. We're believing for an expansion here one day. We're believing for uh, our own place in the Little Rock campus so that, because we're, we're renting a, a storefront area. And so we're in, in not so great a part of town. There's the issues that are going on with the homeless in the area where we're at. And so it's we, where we are located. And so we're, we're needing to move. And so I need to believe for our own place. Pastor and I, we're believing. And so our level of faith, what we're, the, the needs that we're giving our faith to, we've, the pressure's not on us. The pressure's on the word. Amen. But my part is to take the word and put it in and begin to walk in the light of it, to build myself up to the place to believe for that. Some of you, God has put in your heart to believe for your house to be debt-free. Don't be overwhelmed by it. No matter how much you owe on that house, don't be overwhelmed by it. You know how to eat an elephant? One bite at a time. And, and so that's the attitude that you need to take. He didn't tell you you had to do it next week. He said, just start believing me for it. And when you're, when you're giving that focus on your faith, you are, uh, it's exercising your faith. It's, it's building your faith up. You're, you're giving that specific attention to that amount of, of calling it debt-free, dominating that debt in your life and saying, I'm, I'm, I'm paying you off. You're going to be removed from my life. The increase is coming to annihilate you out of my life. And so when you're doing that, it's causing your heart to increase in faith in that area. It's building it up. When we understand our part of believing, it gives us that responsibility to be specific in our faith. And one of the things that it takes to be specific in our faith is to be united to the word. And so let's go over to Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews chapter 4, to be united to the Word. So I need my heart to be full. I'm examining the condition of my heart. I want to uh, be able to answer yes when Jesus asks me, can you believe me for this? <laughs> I want to say, yes, Lord, I can believe you for that. And so Hebrews chapter 4 and verse, you know what? Let's begin in 3.18 because they flow together. 3.18 of Hebrews. And to whom did he swear that they should not enter into his rest, but to them that believed not. To those that believed not. One definition of that is to those who were not persuadable. Abraham was fully persuaded he wasn't in the beginning, was he? In the beginning, he said, what do you give me seeing I go childless? Genesis 15. I'm glad that God allowed us to see Genesis 15 because when he talks about him over in the book of Hebrews 11, we think, "Woo, Abraham, you go, Abraham. We read in Romans chapter 4 and we're like, look at Abraham. He did not stagger. He was fully persuaded. But then we're like, what about Genesis 15? God's like, we're not bringing that up, but I did put it in there for you to know that it's possible for you to move from that place where you're saying, what will you give me seeing I go childless to this place where you are fully persuaded? How did he get to the place that he was fully persuaded? 
according to what the word said. It says that he, he gave his attention to that scripture that said, so shall your seed be. And that's how he became fully persuaded. And that's what happened here or didn't happen here in the instance with the children of Israel. They were not persuadable. They did not believe God. And they could not enter in, verse 19 says, because of unbelief. So because God's word didn't persuade them to believe, they could not enter what God wanted them to have. So again, there are things God wants for us, but our faith is the entrance to it. Our faith is the open door to it. If you don't believe, even though God has prepared it, even though it's good, even though it's an abundant supply for you, if you don't believe it, you can't enter into it. Amen. And that's why, according to your faith, be it done unto you. According to your faith. They could not enter in because of unbelief. So let me just back up again and say it. Debt freedom is available to you. Can you believe for it? I didn't say can you, can you financially make it happen in your own power. That's not what I said. Can you believe God to increase you, to multiply your seed sown, to give you wisdom to pay your debts off, to give you favor to get out from under those debts. Can you believe him? That's the difference. That's the, can you believe him? And that's in any situation, anything that's provided to you from the word, from debt freedom to financial increase to, to blessings in your marriage to peace in your home to restoration in your family, salvation of your loved ones, whatever the case may be. Can you believe him for it? Because if he said, the, it, we could reverse this. To whom he swore that they should uh, enter into the rest was to those who believed him. If we, un, if we untied the knot, right? We took the knot out of there. We, we reversed it to the positive. Those who enter in are the ones who believe him. Did we see that? Did Joshua and Caleb, did they believe God? They entered in. Right? So those who enter believe, or those who believe enter. They, those who enter in, it's because of their believing. That's why if we took the verse 19 and reversed it to the other situation, those who entered in are the ones who believe God. So say, that's me. I'm a believer. I believe God. Hallelujah. Chapter 4, verse 1, let us therefore fear, and that's Holy respect, awe, lest a promise being left us of entering into his rest, any of you should, should, should seem to come short of it. So he said, let's take this seriously. Let's, let's bring a, a, a respect to the word of God so that if we come across a promise of God, we don't fall short of it. If we see that God said, I never have to be sick another day in my life because by the stripes of Jesus I am healed, I'm not going to fall short of that. I believe that. I believe that. I'm not going to not enter into that because 
I haven't ever seen it happen for somebody else or because I've never experienced healing in my own body in the past. I'm not going to set myself apart from it. I'm going to say, you know what? It's in the word. By his stripes I was healed. I believe it. I believe it. For unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them, but the word preached did not profit them. Can that happen? Can that happen? That the word can be preached and people not profit from it? That's what Jesus said in the parable of the sower. The word went out into four different types of ground and only one ground had a a long-lasting result of it. Only one ground had any profit from the word. That was the good ground that brought forth 30, 60, and 100 fold. The ground that received the word, kept the word in their heart, and didn't let the rocks, didn't let the, the, the birds come in and steal it, didn't let the rocks choke it out, didn't let the thorns and the cares of this world choke out the word. But they let it get rooted down in their heart. They let it grow and they let it bring forth the full productivity of the word. So it says that these people, the children of Israel who died in the wilderness, that the word was preached to them. God told them, I've got a land for you that flows with milk and honey. I've got a place for you. I've got increase for you. I've got a great life for you. I've prepared all these promises for you. They didn't receive it because they didn't take that word and mix it with faith. We see what they did. We have the story, right? We have the, the book of Exodus. We can look and see that they were complaining. They were in their tents talking, husbands and wives, talking to each other. Why did God bring us out here to die in the wilderness? We could be back in Egypt. Why would they want to be back in Egypt? It was like they forgot how miserable they were in Egypt, how they had been crying out to God, deliver us. Lord, our life is so hard here. This is such a miserable life. Get us out of this. But instead, they're out in the wilderness where God is protecting them with fire by night, with the the cloud by the day, where he is supernaturally keeping the snakes out of the camp. He is supernaturally keeping their shoes from wearing out and their clothes from being torn and worn out. He is supernaturally bringing them bread from heaven every morning. He he is bringing water out of a rock. And they say, why did God bring us out here to die in the wilderness? What do you mean die in the wilderness? Who told you that? But you know what? They got what they believed. They got what they believed. It wasn't the plan for them. It wasn't what God wanted for them. God didn't design it for them, but they got what they believed and said. You can have what you say. And they said God brought us out in the wilderness to die, and they died in the wilderness. And it wasn't the will of God for them. Uh, Why? Right right here we have the, the key. They did not mix God's word with faith when they heard it. They didn't do like we've been taught. You know, there's a lot of people hadn't been taught. I've said a couple of things today and I've looked around and some of you said, that's me. That happens to me, right? 
You, what are you doing? You're taking that. You're reaching out with faith. You're mixing faith with that declaration that was said. And you, you're licensed in this church to do that at any time. That happens to me all the time. That belongs to me, Pastor Michelle. I take that. Yeah. Right? You, you have the liberty here to do that. But, the, but this is what they didn't do. God said something, and they let it go in one ear and out the other. They didn't, they didn't own it. They didn't pull it into their possession. They didn't mix faith with it. They didn't say, I believe that God said. The only two who did, you can tell it by what they're saying. We are more than able to go up and possess the land. That's what Joshua and Caleb were saying. We are more than able. The, all the other people who didn't mix faith with what, with what God said, they said, we can't do it. We're like giants. Uh, we're like grasshoppers, and they're giants. We, we can't do it. We, they've got walled cities. We can't do it. We, we are not able. And he says, we are more than able. We're more than able. Why? Because that faith, they had mixed the word that God had given them with faith, and now it's in their mouth. We hear it in their mouth. We are more than able. And that's why you've got to listen to what you say. Amen. To be to be accurate in your faith development, you've got to listen to what you're saying. If someone comes to you and they say, you know, they know you're believing for a certain thing, and they say, you know, I'm standing in faith with you, and you respond with, I believe it's going to happen. Oh. Go right then and fix that. Because you have just put it off into the future, and that's not faith. If you believe it's going to, then you don't believe you have it. You believe it, it's, it's future. Faith is now. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of, not thing, of things not seen. You call those things that be not as though they were. Were. Already established. So that, that, it, that covers the present tense but it goes back even further. It started the day I believed I received it. The day I believed I received it is when I took possession of it. You may not see it yet, but I have it. I have possession of it in my heart. I have not visually seen my, names written, my name written down in the Lamb's Book of Life, but I know my name is written down in the Lamb's Book of Life. Hallelujah. There are things that we believe and that believing brings them into our legal possession. And so they did not mix the word with faith and that's, that's, that's the key for us. Mixing the word that God says with faith. Hallelujah. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. I said, I'm not going to keep you long. I'm almost done. That's my first close. We'll see. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. And let's look at verse 13. For this cause also thank we God without ceasing, because when you received the Word of God. What did they do when they received the Word? They didn't mix faith with it, did they? When you received the Word of God, which you heard from us, you received it not as the Word of men, but as it is truth, 
the word of God, which effectively works in also in you that believe. Where does it work? In the believing. So this word, they, it's the way they received it. It's the, the, they received it. It was coming from the preacher, but they received that. That's, that's the word of God. That's truth. And in the way that they received it, it could work effectually in them. So the word didn't work. The word was preached to the children of Israel, but it didn't work in them because of the way they received it. It worked fine in the two people that did receive it. Joshua and Caleb, it worked for them and they got what God promised them. They got the promised land. They entered in. There may have been a delay because of other people's disobedience, but they still entered in. God's word was still effective and worked in their life. Hallelujah. So for those who did believe, it was effective. For those who don't believe or didn't believe, it was not effective for them. Hallelujah. I suggest that every, you know what? I might need to just get some and put them in our bookstore. Every believer needs their own copy of, and that means husbands and wives, you need your own copy of Christ the Healer by F.F. Bosworth. Anybody got that book? Christ the Healer by F.F. Bosworth. We're going to get some because we need, everybody needs to read that book every year. Brother Hagen read it so often, he would wear the cover off and buy another one. He like wore, he, 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 he said, I read it all the time. A lot of the sermons that you hear of Brother Hagen had, had ministered, you can find them as chapter titles from that book. He read it so much, he was preaching it. But F.F. Bosworth made that statement in that book. It is never proper or reasonable to cast away your confidence as long as you have the word of God as its basis. It is never proper or reasonable to cast away your confidence as long as you have the word of God as its basis. I'm going to say it again. It is never proper or reasonable to cast away your confidence as long as you have the word of God as its basis. If the reason for your confidence is the word of God, if that's the foundation of your confidence, don't cast away your confidence because a symptom comes back. Don't cast away your confidence because you get a bad report. Here's what I, I never want you to be deceived by this in prayer. I never, if you, if you are scheduled to go to have a test done, we're not praying for the result of the test. We're, we're not going to say, Pastor Michelle, pray that this test comes back negative. That's not, our, that's not the object of our faith. You're whole and healed and redeemed from whatever it is, regardless of how the test, because you could pray that prayer and somebody accidentally switch the test with somebody else, and it might come back negative because the prayer is not an accurate prayer. We're not to pray that how the test comes back. We're to pray that the body is whole, that the, body, the, 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 the basis of our faith in that situation is by his stripes I'm healed. 
So I'm not moved. No matter what the test results come back to say, that test result can be changed. I'm not moved by the test result. Do you see? A lot of people put their faith on the temporary, on the, 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 the markers, the, the, what the tests say, what the readings say. But what we want to put our faith on is the bottom line. By his stripes, I'm healed. By his stripes, I'm healed. Hallelujah. And so as long as I have the word of God as the basis for my confidence, I'm not going to cast it away. It is never proper or reasonable to cast away your confidence as long as you have the word of God as its basis. All right, now one more place, Matthew 17, and then we're going to close. Second close. Look, they're right there close to each other. Matthew 17, 17. Uh, We'll start in verse 16. I brought him to your disciples and they could not cure him. Talking about the man who had the lunatic son. He brought him, uh, this son who fell in the fire, the water. He said, I brought him to your disciples and they could not cure him. And Jesus answered and said, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him here to me. And Jesus rebuked the devil, departed out of him. The child was cured from that hour. Then came the disciples to Jesus apart and said, Why couldn't we cast him out? So now the man has said they could not cure him. And the disciples have said, we could not cast him out. And Jesus said, because of your unbelief. They hadn't mixed the word with faith. Hold your place right here and go back to chapter 10 of Matthew. Just back up a couple of pages to chapter 10. Verse 1. When he had called unto him his 12 disciples... He gave them power against unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all manner of sickness and all manner of disease. Who told them they could not cure him? Who told them they could not cast him out? The symptoms, what they saw. They looked at something they saw and said, we, it didn't work. And so Jesus said, it didn't work because of your unbelief, because I already gave you the word. I said you have power to cast this devil out, to heal all manners. I said you have the power, but you didn't say you had the power. You looked at how it happened after you prayed. So now we're going back. Never cast away your confidence as long as you have the word as its basis. Why am I going to say, well, it doesn't look like it worked? Just because I see something. Just because I feel something. Just because the outward circumstance is sending me signals. Do you think Abraham, Abraham who staggered not, he was fully persuaded? Do you think he had some outward evidence that sent him some signals? And what did he have to do? So shall my seed be. Stars in the sky. 
Look down at the sand. So shall my seed be. In order for me to, to maintain that area of believing, I've got to be more convinced by what God said than by what I feel, by what I see, by any external outward signs or evidence. Those things are subject to change. Third closing. <laughs> I keep wondering. I'm trying to close. First Corinthians. We've looked at it before, but let's just review it. Chapter 2. I'm turning. Look, I'm turning my, that off. To, First Corinthians. Chapter 1. Chapter 1, verse 28. God is the base things of the world, things which are despised, hath God chosen and things which are not, this is what God has chosen, things which are not to bring to nothing, to nullify, to zero out the things that are. God has chosen the way for you to change it, the way for you to turn it, the way for you to bring the healing into that area of your body the way for you to bring the financial increase that, des that destroys the debt, the way for you to, to bring the peace that pushes out the chaos, the way for you to do it is you bring into manifestation what is not in manifestation. How do we do that? We call for it. We call those things that be not as though they were Amen. until they are. <laughs> until they are as added by, by me. <laughs> The, the scripture says, calling those things which be not as though they were. And you keep doing it until you see. You call it. I call this. He says, let the weak say. I, why would you say you're strong if you're weak? Because what I say comes to pass. Amen. I believe that what I say will bring it into manifestation. He said to Jeremiah in Jeremiah chapter 1, Jeremiah said, I cannot speak. I am a child. And God said, Shh, don't say that anymore. Don't you say that. And that word say in that verse means don't you bring that to light again. Don't you, bear, don't you bring that forth again. Because I put my word in your mouth and you will speak. And what you speak will root out and pull down and destroy and build and plant. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So when we speak it, we're bringing it to light. When we speak it, God said, my words don't return to me empty. When I speak words, they accomplish. So when you speak words, God created you in his image and he expects your words to work for you the way his words work for him. That when you speak it, it accomplishes what you're sending it to accomplish. When you speak words, you're sending those words into that situation to do something. To do something. So you bring to naught what is in manifestation. This is God's way. God chose this for you. He has chosen that we bring things which, that we bring to naught those things by bringing into manifestation those things that are not in manifestation. So if there's no peace, when the storm was on, there was no peace. Jesus got up and he brought peace into the situation. He said, peace, shh, peace, be still. So he brought it into the situation. And when you speak those 
faith-filled words that you've been depositing and putting into your heart and now they're loading your words when you speak them you're bringing to naught what is in manifestation in your life by bringing into manifestation those things which are yours by covenant right hallelujah boom (laughs) stand with me to your feet Lord, we're so grateful to you tonight that you have placed within us your word, your faith. Lord, as we go forth today, let us go forth speaking in line with what you have spoken about us. In Jesus' name.